Peter's Desert Diaries. Hello. Arizona calling. And I thought today I would take you with me on my little evening stroll. Why not? I usually pop out to take the dogs out about this time, about nine o'clock at night, as by now it's just about cool enough to walk more than a few feet without keeling over. <laughs> and more importantly, the pavements cool down just enough so the little dogs don't burn their feet as they walk along again because uh, the sun's down. But, you know, I should still point out that it is still boiling. <laughs> it's about 39 degrees right now. You can almost feel the air around you. And it's so heavy with the heat. It's almost like walking through a dry soup, which makes no sense. But I think you know what I mean. Blimey hot. Oh, birdie, what are you doing awake at this time of night? Now, it's not just the southwest of the States that has seen temperatures ramping up again this week. In fact, the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, uh, Washington State, and even into British Columbia in Canada have been experiencing their second massive heat wave of the summer. Temperatures didn't quite match those of Phoenix. They were still up there, though. And tragically, because so many people there don't have air conditioning, because usually temperatures never really get that hot, actually lost their lives during this heat wave. It's been really horrible. And there were also unbelievable stories of clams and mussels being cooked alive in their own shells on the beaches. How many sea creatures died in this way? An estimated one billion. It's utterly mind-blowing. Also this week in California, 17 million baby salmon were transported from the Sacramento River in massive trucks and then shuttled into the sea by state officials as the river was so rapidly heating up and drying out that they realised they simply would never have survived the swim to the ocean had they been left to their own devices. Blimey, eh? It's been a busy old week this week as it's back to school in the valley. I still can't quite get my head around the fact that it's August. <laughs> For me, the month that's meant going on bike rides, watching Rolling Rat on TVAM every morning, then visiting my auntie Barb and Uncle Trev down in Devon for the week hunting out rock pools for crabs and combing the beaches for pop bottles. Remember those old empty glass pop bottles that you could take back to the shop and get 5p to spend on sweets? But now, in the two-semester school year here in the United States, August now marks the return of the school run, the return of packed lunches and never knowing where your PE kit is. That three months has gone super fast. They'll go straight through now, the girls, until fall break, as it's called over here, half-term, as we used to call it. But that's not until the middle of October, so it's a long old run for them. And then, of course, until Christmas, which, don't we all know it, will be here in the blink of an eye, I'm sure. When I have seen my family by then, <sighs> honestly, I've kind of given up trying to plan or hope anymore. So we'll see. Another new experience around the start of the school year is buying school supplies. Now, I'm not talking lunch boxes and school uniforms and a new pencil case, although they do need all of those things, of course. But everything the girls will need or use for the forthcoming year, we have to buy. Pens, pencils, exercise books, pads of lined paper, packs of graph paper and printer paper and highlighter pens and goodness knows what else. Everything, plastic folders, ring binders. 
you need to buy the lot. And sidebar, the girls don't go to a private school. This is a regular state school, so this isn't an uncommon occurrence. In fact, all the massive aircraft hangar-sized supermarkets that we go to have got huge areas now dedicated to school supplies where you can go and stock up, and there are so many people panic-buying with just a couple of days to go until term starts. We did the big school shop this week, and not including lunchboxes or backpacks or any uniform or anything like that, it cost me over $200 to get them set up for the year ahead. It's a fair old whack of cash, isn't it? Phew. Talking of fair old wax, I've talked before about how confusing and expensive I find the whole healthcare system here. And two years on, I'll be honest, I'm not much further down the road of understanding how it works. About a year ago, I injured my arm and needed some treatment and then some physical therapy once a week for eight weeks. Now, all this costs money, of course, on top of the insurance premium we pay, but that was all paid up front. I'd arrive at a session, I'd pay them some money, I think it was $25 a pop, and then that was that. All good. Last month, my arm started giving me jip again, so I called the doctor's office to arrange another appointment. You can't, said the receptionist. There's a block on your account for an unpaid bill. What? What unpaid bill? As I said, I paid at the start of every single visit I went to. That $25, then they let me through to actually have the appointment. But nope, there's an outstanding payment here and we can't schedule an appointment until that's been settled. Oh, okay. They couldn't give me any more information and I couldn't pay it on the phone. So I had to ring off, then dig into the insurance portal, put in a myriad of personal information, identifying birthmarks, inside leg measurement, you know the drill, and finally got to my payment page and saw it. An outstanding bill of $14.14. Why $14? It just said therapy next to it. That was it. Always like it is music. All right, mate? Just walking down the road, as you can hear. A couple of the lads out, playing the music. Anyway, this bill said therapy next to it. That was it. But as I said, I'd paid at the start of each visit. So I was a bit confused, but I thought, well, what the heck? And more importantly, why had no one bothered to tell me I owed them $14 for the last eight months or so? Not an email, not a phone call, not a letter. Oh, well, whatever. I paid it. I got back on the blur the next day, went to see the doctor. Blah. All fine. A week later, <laughs> I get a letter from the healthcare company. Guess what? It was a check. You've overpaid your account, it said. Here's a refund. It was $14. <laughs> but why? But why? I tell you, my brain still hurts at the thought of what on earth went on there. But we quite often get random checks for small amounts from the insurance company and still don't really understand why. Give me another couple of years. I might be a little bit closer, eh? One thing I did learn this week on the excellent John Oliver show last week tonight is that in the USA, EMS, or Emergency Medical Services, i.e. ambulances and the like, are not deemed, in the eyes of the law, an essential service. Ambulances, not seen as essential. So, because of that, they receive very little government funding. Search now, said John Oliver, on the GoFundMe webpage, and it is full of local ambulance services all desperately trying to raise cash just to keep going, you know, to save lives. Beggar's belief. 
John also told two incredible stories, which if you're like me, your toes will curl. One was of a young woman pregnant with her first child who went into sudden labour and actually gave birth to her son, delivered by her husband, half in and half out of her car, about 100 yards from the doors of the hospital. An ambulance arrived to take her and the baby the 30-second trip to the front door. And a week later, she got a bill for $1,700 for said ambulance. That's not the best of it. Her week-old son... I don't know why I'm laughing. Her week-old son also got charged $1,700 because he too rode in an ambulance. Another story was of a young woman who, whilst getting off the subway in New York City, slipped and fell down the gap between the train and the platform, painfully trapped around her chest. You could hear through her screams on the video taken by a passerby, don't phone an ambulance. Do not phone an ambulance. I don't have the money. Imagine that being something you have to think about when you're in the middle of a medical emergency. The result? Well, there's been a substantial decrease in the number of people calling ambulances and a substantial increase in people calling Ubers. I'm not making it up. Search it up. Wow. Luckily, I didn't need to call an ambulance or indeed an Uber when I was changing a light bulb this week. Up at the top of a step ladder, arms extended, unscrewing just about the base of the glass dome surrounding the bulb. Just a little bit more. And as I took it down from the ceiling, what falls out? A scorpion. Oh, in my house. Thanks, universe. Lucky for me, an ex-scorpion. Not so lucky for my nerves, which took some time to recover. And I think the move I displayed at the top of that ladder was Olympic worthy. Maybe next games, eh? I'll see you in the desert.